Welcome to the podcast of Every Believer a Witness, the ministry focused on helping ordinary, everyday followers of Jesus learn how easily share their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The first couple of broadcasts, we've been focusing and trying to emphasize about sharing our faith is for every single believer, just ordinary, everyday people like us. Today, we're going to begin to talk about how to share your faith. Our ministry is called Every Believer a Witness, and we take that from Acts 1.8, where Jesus told his disciples that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Now think with me about a witness. I don't know if you've ever been a witness in a court case, but if you have, or if you've watched it, you realize they're going to ask the person, do you solemnly swear or affirm the testimony you're about to give is the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? And the person will answer yes. And they'll be seated and they'll state their name for the record. And then the judge or an attorney is going to ask them some questions. Uh, suppose my wife and I saw an accident up at the intersection near our house. And I'm on the witness stand. And they say, uh, uh, Mr. Nunn, were you at the intersection of 150 and 220 on uh, Sunday afternoon, August the 1st? Uh, yes, I was. And you observed an accident take place in that intersection? Uh, yes, I did. So tell us uh, what happened in that accident, Mr. Nunn. Well, my wife said that the, the yellow car just blasted through the red light and hit the green van. Uh, what do you think they would say to me if I said that on the witness stand? Uh, Mr. Nunn, we're not interested in what your wife saw. But what if you said, what if I said, well, uh, our preacher was in the back and my preacher told me that, that the van actually ran the red light. And they would say, no, 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 Mr. Nunn, we're not interested in that. All we want to know is what you know about this accident. Now let's go over to talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus is not telling others what you learned in Sunday school about Jesus or what you heard your pastor say about Jesus, or even what your parents taught you about Jesus. It's what you personally know to be true about Jesus. And if we're going to tell what we know about Jesus, the easiest way to do it is following the model of the Apostle Paul. A couple of places in Acts he does this. The place I like the best is in Acts 26. And Paul is in a courtroom, interestingly enough, and he's on trial, but here he's on the witness stand himself. And when Paul begins to witness, he breaks his witness, his testimony, into three parts. In Acts 26, verses 1 through 11, he's going to talk about his life before I met Jesus. Notice in verse 4, for example, he says, The Jews all know the way I've lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. And then he goes on and he talks about it. So he started out talking about his life before he knew Jesus. And then in verses 12 through 18, he transitioned to how he met Jesus. He says on one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priest. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And so he talked about how he met Jesus because he asked, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. But after he did that, as he was on the witness stand, 
He then, in verses 19 to 23, talked about his life since Jesus came in. He said, So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision in heaven, first to those in Damascus, and then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. So here is the very, very simple outline for how to share about your encounter with Jesus, my life before I met Jesus, how I met Jesus, and my life since Jesus came in. Now, by the way, I'll mention this again at the end, but if you want more detailed information about all this, you can go to our website, www.ebaw.org, and you can make a donation and get CDs and or DVDs of me teaching this in a church in a much more detailed format. But I really want us to understand today how simple and easy it is to just use our personal story and break it down into three parts. My life before I met Jesus, how I met Jesus, my life since Jesus came in. Now, we have designed Every Believer Witness to focus on sharing Jesus without sounding overly religious, without sounding overly churchy. So let me talk to you about this first part of your story, my life before I met Jesus. In this part of your story, tell about where you grew up. Talk about your family. Did y'all fight and fuss? Was it peaceful? Was it chaotic? Talk about your interests. Did you like school? Did you like sports? Did you like music? You, you know, where'd you go to college? In other words, in this part of your story, you don't talk about spiritual stuff, church stuff. Not I, I don't mention the words Bible, God, or church in my life before I met Jesus. So what we're really doing is I like to just do it like a short autobiography. In a coming podcast, we'll teach you how to even make it shorter than this. But listen, for example, about Dennis Nunn's life before I met Jesus. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina with dad, mom, and one younger sister. From my earliest memories as a child, I struggled with being insecure and self-conscious. I was extremely skinny I wore glasses. We were poor. I wasn't close to my dad. I never, ever remember feeling or thinking that I was as good as other people. So I lied a lot to make myself seem important. I tried to do good in school and sports so people would like me. When I was 18, I moved from Charlotte to Greensboro, North Carolina. My first day there, I met this good-looking girl on a college campus, pressured her into going out with me, and after knowing her for two hours on our first date, I asked her to marry me. She said, you're crazy, but we've been married now for 56 years. We started a family. I went into sales of printing equipment and made lots of money. We had a new house, car, trips. But when I laid my head down at night, there was something missing in my life. So I tried to fill the void with partying, alcohol, gambling, adrenaline rushes. I had a lot of fun. But when the fun wore off, even though no one knew it, on the inside, I was still miserable. I had problems with my marriage and was a poor father because of my selfishness. Now, that's just Dennis Nunn, Life Before Jesus. And you're going, and I encourage you to write this out, by the way, to write out this part of your story, My Life Before I Met Jesus. And you're only going to write up until the actual age you trusted Jesus. In other words, if you came to faith in Christ at 10 years old, this is your life before 10. If you came to faith in Jesus Christ three weeks ago, this is your life 
until three weeks ago. And so for some people, it's going to be longer and it's going to be shorter. But basically, little mini autobiography of my life and what it was like. And obviously, there are thousands of details that you could include. And again, we'll teach you later how to shorten it up. But I encourage you, when this podcast is over, or even pause it now and stop and write down my life before I met Jesus. And then you remember the second part of the story is how I came to accept Jesus into my life. Now, everyone's salvation experience is different. I tell people salvation experiences are like snowflakes. There are no two that are exactly alike. You just have to have had an experience. There was a a salvation experience, I might add. There was a guy that Jesus had an encounter with by the name of Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus was called the teacher of the Jews. So here's a guy from history we would think had probably memorized Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He prayed every day. He tithed. I mean, this is a religious man as you can have. And Jesus said to him, you must be born again. See, no one grows up all their life being a Christian. Just like there's a physical birth, there's a spiritual birth. And so this part of your story is where you start your spiritual journey. And in this part of your story, you want to do like Paul did, and you want to tell when, where, and who or what was involved when you came to faith in Jesus. Were you at home? Was it at school? Was it at a church camp? Was it a church service? Were you with a parent? Was it a preacher? Was it a friend? Were you by yourself? Now, if you were very young when you received Jesus as your Savior, you're not going to remember every detail about it, but you will remember some. Because when the God that spoke billions of galaxies into place comes and lives in little old Dennis, something's going to change. And so you just talk about when Jesus came in to your life. And use common words. Don't try to use church words or preachy words. You know, I I tell people, you wouldn't want to say, and as the pastor explained the doctrine of propitiation, Now, that's a biblical doctrine. I don't demean the doctrine, but average person out in the world doesn't understand that. So just use common words to talk about how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, there is one thing that we want to have in this part of our story. And what is it? It's the gospel. Now, you remember what Paul said? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And you remember what the gospel is? It's that Jesus died for our sins But he didn't stay dead. God raised him from the dead. And you don't have to quote the verse, but you do want to reference it. You do want to say, I'd heard my pastor talk about how Jesus had died for our sins, but how God had raised him from the dead. And the only way to be forgiven of your sins was to trust Jesus. Or I was lying in bed and my dad was talking with me and, and he explained to me that Jesus had been punished for all the wrong things I'd ever done, all the sins I'd ever committed. Now, I hadn't robbed a bank or anything, but I'd, I'd told a lie. I was selfish. I mean, I knew I did wrong things. And Dad told me that after that, Jesus was punished and they killed him. God raised him from the dead to prove that he was pleased with Jesus' payment for our sins. In other words, just how the gospel, how you heard the gospel and how you came to faith in Christ. And remember, you have to have the gospel in your story because that's where the power is. 
And so if I tell my story, but I don't deliver the gospel, that's just a story. It's not really witnessing. It's not really sharing the good news. And here's what I wrote on mine. I grew up in church and claimed to be a Christian, but my life didn't show it. At age 30, I became an agnostic. I wondered if the things I'd heard my preacher say about Jesus dying on a cross for our sins and, and being resurrected from the dead were true or not, or maybe I just believe it because my parents taught me that. So I began to pray very sincerely, God, if you're real, I want to know it. Over a period of many months, God showed me he was real, and what I was missing in my life was Jesus Christ. But then I didn't want Jesus in my life. I thought I could never live the way a follower of Jesus should. And on top of that, how can you have any fun in life without alcohol? No one knew it, but I grew depressed, even suicidal. Finally, through reading a magazine article in the lobby of R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company, I realized that if God could forgive me of all my sins, He could also give me the power that I didn't have to live for Him. I counseled my appointment. I was riding down I-40. I still remember by, by Salem Lake. I was driving, smoking, praying, crying. I said, Jesus, my life's a wreck, and I'm ready for you to come in and forgive me and take over. And He did. See, that's just how He came into my life. Now, I want to encourage you to take this portion of times, pause it here or when we're over and write down how you came to accept Jesus. Now, remember, it's not about your personal story. Your personal story and my personal story is just a vehicle to deliver the gospel. All kind of vehicles in the world, smart cars, electric cars, SUVs, Range Rovers, but they're merely vehicles to get us from one place to another and we're using our story as a vehicle to deliver the good news of the gospel. Now we come to the third part of our story, the third part of a testimony, the third part of witnessing, and that is my life since Jesus came in. Remember, the first part is always my life before I met Jesus. Second part, how I came to accept Jesus into my life, not how I joined a church or how I turned over a new leaf, but how Jesus came in. And then the third part is my life since Jesus came in. The Bible says that when a person becomes a follower of Jesus, there's such a radical transformation takes place in their life, they're said to be a new creation or a new creature. In fact, the real proof of salvation, the real proof of being a Christian, the real proof of being a follower of Jesus is not that you walked an aisle, it's not that you prayed a prayer. It's not that you raised a hand. It's not that you made a decision, but it's that your life changed. Now, some changes will be immediate and some will be more gradual. And it's going to be different based on different circumstances. When I came to faith in Christ, I was a very immoral person and I became a moral person. My wife was a very moral person before she came to Jesus, but after she trusted Jesus, she said, wow, now I can read the Bible and understand it. Now I don't have any doubts that I must spend eternity in heaven. I've had young people say, since I trusted Jesus, I'm not nearly as self-centered anymore. One of my favorites is I had a six, seven-year-old boy stand up one time to read his story, and he said, since I trusted Jesus, I don't hit my sister near as much anymore. <laughs> the fact is... If Jesus comes in, things are going to change. So tell about the first immediate life change that you had.
whatever it was. Then once you do that, switch back to secular things. Talk about finishing school, talk about going to college, talk about your career, talk about how you met your spouse. And then I love to share about some painful, challenging, hard decision or really situation, preferably the most painful, difficult situation you've ever faced since you became a follower of Jesus and talk about your emotions while all this was going on and then brag on God for helping you get through it. Here's what I say in my life since Jesus came in. After I asked Jesus to come into my life and my next breath, I said, Lord, just like I'm going to trust you to forgive me of my sins, I'm going to trust you to give me the power to live for you. I was a three-pack-a-day smoker. I had a cigarette in my hand. I threw it out the window. I've never wanted another cigarette to this day. God made smoke repulsive. I was a drunk, an alcoholic. I've never had another drink of alcohol, though it still appeals to me. God gives me the strength, and I'm not going to touch it. I had a joy and peace flood in my life I've never known. I've had a lot of good times and a lot of hard times since then. Probably the very worst is when our youngest daughter got hooked on drugs. When she was 17, we kidnapped her, literally, physically, with an off-duty deputy sheriff and a former police officer, and took her in handcuffs, kicking, screaming, cursing, put her in a long-term drug rehab center. I can still remember her telling us we'd never see her again except when she came back to murder us. We put her in that rehab center in Atlanta, Georgia. It was the worst day of our lives. I was crying. We were scared. And by the way, she was there 18 months. She got sober, surrendered her life to Jesus. She's graduated, has never used drugs since. I've had many other struggles, financial struggles, physical, emotional struggles. And God's always been there to give me guidance and strength. Now, did you notice? I didn't talk about joining the church. I didn't talk about even going to church. just talked about my life since Jesus came in. Now, here's the joy of using this method. And I'm for all methods of sharing Jesus, but I just want to teach you the simplest, easiest, and that's using our story to deliver the gospel. When I share my life before I met Jesus, all secular, how I came to faith in Christ, my life since Jesus came in, with a life change, but then back to secular. When I finish, I can say, oh, tell me about you, Evan. Tell me about you, Bobby. I've just simply used my story to deliver the gospel. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Either you paused and you've written your story, or if you haven't, take time as soon as possible. Today, tonight, don't put it off, and just write out very short, never more than a page before how or since, and maybe a third or half a page of those. But write out your story, and then here's what I want you to do. In the next week, I want to encourage you to read it to one person before next week. And let me make it so easy. Just go to a friend of yours before work or on break or catch a friend at the bus stop or, you know, not during class, but, but after school or call a friend and say, would you do me a favor? I've been learning how to share what God has done in my life. I don't say share my testimony or how I got saved. Just share what God has done in my life. And I've just written it out. It's real short. And I made a commitment to read it to somebody this week. Would you do me a favor and let me read this to you? 
See, witnessing, sharing our faith is not complicated. It's simple. It's so easy, children can do it. Senior adults can do it. I say it's so easy, a caveman can do it, as long as he's saved. It's Jesus in our story to deliver the gospel. Will you do that? I'm praying you will before next week. Hey, thank you again for listening. If this has been a blessing, please share this podcast with your family and friends, as many as you can. Email us at info at eba.org if you have questions, um, any comments, any way we can help you. God's called us to a ministry of helping pastors, leaders, and churches, and as many believers as we can, be active in sharing the good news of our lovely Lord Jesus. God bless. God bless.